Welcome to the Dance Science Podcast. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and the Dance Science Podcast intends to build connections and drive discussion on how we can improve our field and make dance science more normalized. Thank you so much for being here, and please enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you again for being here with me today. I'm your host, the Dance Scientist, and today we're going to be having a very special episode. This is episode number 29, and I have three guests with me today. Their names are Ginger, Megan, and Lisa. Today's episode is going to be really exciting. We're actually collaborating on a workshop together for dance educators. So today's episode is going to be talking all about who we are, you know, as dance science professionals and what we're going to be talking about in our workshop. So the first thing is we're going to be kind of getting to know the members of the workshop. And so the first question is, can you just tell us a little bit more about your background as a dancer, Ginger? Everyone. Uh, my name is Ginger, as Maria said. Um, I am a professional dancer and physical therapist. Um, so I started dancing like like a lot of us do as dancers uh, from a, a wee age. Um, you know, and, and at that time I was going to a pretty standard studio and doing all the styles that were possible. But as I got older and got a little bit more serious about it, um, I kind of switched to a studio that was a little more rigorous and um, then ended up going on to the University of Michigan and getting my BFA there and really um, focusing more on ballet and modern dance. Um, and then from there, went on to PT school, got my PT degree, and now I've been um, started my own business, joined some dance companies and things like that, and still staying really integrated in the dance world and treating dancers with through my PT business. Awesome. Next, we're going to have Lisa. Hi, my name is Lisa. Um, nice to meet all of you in the Marinos community. Um, I started out age four, so um, dancing. Um, I started at a recreation studio and then slowly um, started moving studios around until I got into uh, Wayne State University. It's actually where I met Maria. Um, we went to school together for a short period of time. Um, from Wayne, I got my Bachelor of Science in Dance Education. And um, I'm currently pursuing multiple different teaching certifications at the moment. I got Stop Pilates Matt, um, Shikari uh, grades one through three, gonna get my four soon. Um, I tap online, progressing ballet, technique, acrobatic arts, like different levels. I just believe in ongoing education, so I never stop learning anything. Love that. Megan? Hi everyone, my name is Megan. I'm so excited to be here today. I started dancing, as many of us do, and we've said, when I was around three. And our studio originally was much more of a recreational-based studio, but we also had really phenomenal training in Shaketi and other codified techniques. So as I progressed through, I really explored different genres of dance. When I graduated high school, I attended Wayne State University and got my BFA in dance there. From Wayne State, I moved to Chicago and performed professionally with professional tap companies. I also did some freelance dancing with contemporary-based companies in Chicago. And I also, while there, finished all of my certifications in Stop Pilates, so I'm fully certified, and the personal training and complete certification of applied functional science. I worked in a high elite sports performance center for over seven years, training different types of athletes, as well as performing athletes, 
and working on just overall wellness and performance uh, enhancement. From there, I went to London, England and just completed my MFA in dance science from Trinity Laban Conservatoire. And now I'm back in on the US soil and <laughs> training dancers and helping spread dance science education. Love it. Hi, everyone. I'm Maria. Maybe you guys know a little bit more about me from the podcast episodes, but I also went to Wayne State where I got my bachelor's of dance. And that's where Lisa and I met, like she was saying previously. And then I continued to get my master's in kinesiology. And then I'm also a current PhD student in health and human performance. And one of the biggest things that was like a really, really big light bulb experience for me is when I was in my undergrad and I took my first dance kinesiology class, right? And that was like a, like I said, a big light bulb experience where I started figuring out like, oh, you know, that's why I struggled with this movement in my ballet classes since, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? Pieces of the puzzle started to get put together. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, if I would have had this information as a young dancer, at least just in like a small way, I think I would have been a smarter dancer and a better dancer, right? Short term and long term. So that's one of the things I'm trying to focus on. And then, you know, I continued to get also some certifications in health and fitness, like Stop Pilates is one of the big ones that I got into. So yeah. Okay. So you can see that we have a team that's diverse. Yes, we're multidisciplinary. And like many of us mentioned here, we do believe in continuing education. As you can see, we're continuously educating ourselves because we believe that that's the cornerstone to progressing ourselves and our pedagogy. So the next question is, what's something that you wish you knew as a young dancer, Ginger? All right, well, I'm trying to think about this question. Um, I could answer with so many different things because literally <laughs> if I had known anything about dance science, I would have been a better dancer. Yeah. Um, but I guess the, the number one thing that I can think of really quickly right now and that I love to talk about is like how to warm up properly. I mm. don't know how many times, even through college, that I was constantly like, had a torn quad, then a hamstring, then a quad, then a hamstring, just like back and forth, adductors, whatever, like constantly just going like, why is my leg hurt all of the time? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and knowing what I know now, I'm looking back and going, oh, because I did not know how to warm up. Did I ever warm up? Was that a thing? Um, you know, nobody really taught me how to do it properly. The, the biggest thing that people ever had you do before class was sit down on a stretch, yep. which as all of us know in the room today, um, sitting down in, in static stretches is like, maybe not the worst way to warm up, but it's definitely not the best way to warm up. Yeah. yeah there's uh, bouncing and stretches is probably the true worst yep. way. Ballistic. Yeah. Um, but doing dynamic warm ups is really the key. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you know, you were also mentioning that that's like, it had long-term effects on you too, as a dancer, which is a big deal. Yeah. It's not just short-term that you were saying. Yeah. Lisa. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my pivotal moment was when I was around age 13 or 14, my dance partner and I were in a tap routine and my choreographer asked to have us do a grease lightning flip. And I was pretty like bulky for a 13, 14 year old, like pretty muscular. And my partner wasn't able to hold like my weight. So she dropped me square on my back and our floors were not like Marley at all. It was concrete. Um, we had a mat that we were working with, but the impact was so hard. It, like, 
I fell back and my nose started bleeding on impact. Um, and after all that was done, my teacher asked me to get up and keep moving. Like I couldn't lift my arms above like my shoulders. That's as far as I could lift them. Um, so basically what ended up happening was I started losing flexibility in my left side. I once had my left split and then it was like, I was pushing myself mm-hmm. to get my split. Um, so kind of what Ginger was saying about the warm ups, it definitely would have helped me when I was younger to have that structure, but also how like conditioning goals could be tied to my own personal goals. Like if I knew if I had just done some abduction work and single leg squat, my jumps would be that much higher. Or if I like did squats to um, warm up my hamstrings that I wouldn't have as much constriction. Um, I I wish I had that knowledge and then um, be able to translate that as a dancer. And that's definitely something that I do right now with my own students. I really like anatomy knowledge and I tell them how it can pertain to reaching their goals because sometimes it's hard for them to conceptualize exercise and dance pairing so well together. So it's something that I'm definitely focused on in the workshop mm. and uh, telling my students how to do and helping other teachers figure out that goal. Awesome. Megan. So something that I grew up with is that I was always the tallest person in the class, <laughs> which often meant in any sort of choreography, I was the lifter. I had to lift everyone over my head in some capacity. And that also followed through, you know, as you go into modern dance training at universities, you're doing a lot of partnering work and you learned more in university settings how to use weight shifting appropriately and lift with proper mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that growing up, I wish I would have learned more as a younger kid, how to lift other human beings appropriately. And that all boils down to biomechanics of movement. And additionally, the cross training and conditioning to prepare me to lift another human being mm-hmm. in different interesting artistic shapes as we do in dance. And I I find that even now, a lot of conditioning classes at studios, they don't always prepare us to actually lift other people yeah. because human beings, we, we are heavier than five pounds. <laughs> so lifting a small load with high reps, that's one way of training. It's not a bad way of training, but it's not the only way we need to train as dancers. Mm. And so my kind of future goal that I learned from a young age was how to continue to lift weights and it's not scary and how we can use these different quote athletic style of conditioning. We are, you know, artistic athletes here. We use all of our muscles, not just a few. Um, How do we strengthen all of our body to be fully prepared to literally lift other human beings in space without injuring your body like I did and then learning how to recover from that. Love that. So something for me as a young dancer, again, you know, I could talk about a million things like everyone kind of mentioned here, but one of the things that sticks out to me since I grew up in like a really heavy ballet centered studio is I found that I really overly identified as a dancer and it really kind of turned into an obsession where I thought it was a good thing for me to not have any other things going on in my life besides school and dance, right? I thought it was actually a sign of strength for me to just be so focused on dance and again, a little bit overly identified with it. And then when I got to Wayne State, one of my professors 
one day she was just like, you know, you guys should be doing like, you know, you know, guys should have, you guys should have balance, right? You guys should be doing other things outside of, and she wasn't really talking like cross training. She was just saying like, you guys should have other things that you enjoy doing. And it was a big learning lesson for me because, you know, that was kind of like the first time I had heard that and it took a while to sink in, but now I see what she was saying and I see how important it is for us to like first care for ourselves as humans. And, you know, obviously there are some dangers that go along when dancers are really overly identifying as dancers and not as humans first. So again, this was a big light bulb moment for me. And I think it's something that we can focus on even with young dancers is, you know, encouraging them, you know, yeah, go, go out with a friend this weekend, you know, be a kid. <laughs> you don't have to be obsessed with dance. It's not necessarily a sign of strength. So, yeah. All right, everyone, welcome to part two. This is where we're going to be talking a little bit more specifically about our upcoming workshop. So first, Ginger is just going to give us a little general overview about what our workshop is and who it's geared for. Yeah, so um, the workshop that we have coming up is called Mid-Year Makeover, um, Infusing Wellness into Your Dance Curriculum. So it's happening January 21st. Um, the main part of the workshop is happening from uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Megan's going to lead us on a little bit of like a myofascial warm-up for about 15 minutes beforehand. So if anybody wants like a little extra juicy stuff in there, come a little early. Yeah. Um, and then following that, uh, Megan's also going to lead us in a movement session. And we'll we'll dive in in a minute on everybody's like individual topics. Um, we'll give everybody a chance to speak on their own topic because mm -hmm. they know that best. Um, but basically, we're we're gearing this workshop towards dance, dance educators, um, trying to help you guys with your curriculum and looking at your curriculum kind of close up and from far away. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at like, how exactly do I teach things like anatomy, but then also like, how do I structure my entire curriculum to um, help my dancers out throughout the year, right? So we're looking at all those things. So I highly encourage anybody who wants to come to like bring all of your notes with you because you can literally write on your notes instead of having to like apply things later. So the first chunk is going to be really educational. We're going to do presentations. This latter part of the workshop, we're actually going to like dig in and work on things together. So you're going to learn through doing instead of just sitting and listening because like who the heck wants to sit and listen for that many hours. Yeah not movers right <laughs> we don't like that so um so instead we're going to learn by doing so that's why i say bring your notes with you you can jot things down right on all of your you know curriculum notes um and then have things like ready to go when you walk into the classroom mm -hmm. um yeah but let's go ahead and chat i guess then about our topics yep and i just wanted to add something i think this is important to note that we didn't really want to gear this workshop specifically towards dance educators from competition studios or from just non-competition studios. We wanted to just keep it open because we think what we've created here can really apply to any dance educator, right? We're not necessarily trying to focus in. So even if, let's say you love competition, you're still going to benefit from this workshop. Even if you don't like competition, you're still going to benefit from this workshop. We see it that way. I also failed to mention the workshop is both virtual and in person. Yes. So we are all in the state of Michigan, but if you are not in the state of Michigan and want to join, you can join virtually. It'll be on Zoom. Yep. If you happen to be in the state of Michigan and you're close enough, you can come out to Brighton yep. um, at Michelle's Academy of Dance and Performing Arts Center. Oh, gosh. What a name. 
It's got a good one. So, Mad yeah. Pack for short. Yeah. Um, but you can come join us in Brighton for it in person or again, join us on Zoom virtually. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so one at a time, we're just going to go through and kind of introduce what our workshop topic is and what the purpose is. So first, we're going to have Lisa. All right, so mine is the secret to creating self-motivated dancers, uncovering your dancers' goals. So um, this is generated for educators to basically figure out like what your students need or want and how to create a whole curriculum around um, goal setting. So it's not necessarily that you're coming up with the goal yourself, but they're coming up with the goal themselves and how to make it happen. Um, every educator is different. Every educator has different parameters that and challenges in their studio. So this is to help you guys figure out um, and lesson plan how to make this a part of your curriculum without taking away time from teaching. Mm -hmm. Love that. Ginger is next. Okay, so my topic um, is dancing your best throughout the year, maximizing performance with periodization. So some of you may not have heard the word periodization before. Um, we're going to get into all the specifics of like what the heck that actually is. But basically, we're looking at your curriculum from the big picture aspect. Throughout the year, how do you keep your kids, you know, from um, having burnout? How do you incorporate um, rest and pushing them in the at the appropriate time to help them out the most so that when you hit competition time and you hit recital time, they're not so burnt out that they can't perform. Um, so it's really about strategically including rest into your curriculum and how we do that. Yep, next is going to be Megan. Hi, so my topic, it's that hour long movement session at the end of the day. So after you've had all this fantastic knowledge, we're going to apply this physically. The topic is called from plie to power dance conditioning strategies. And the goal for this workshop is to help dance educators, whether you specifically teach a dance conditioning class on your schedule, or if you want to start incorporating ideas of dance conditioning into your classes you already teach. So other genres of dance, uh, how you can add in and incorporate some of these elements. I'm going to provide a template for a dance conditioning class. So sometimes as dancers, we are asked to teach dance conditioning. And if we don't have a ton of background in programming classes for fitness, let's say, or strength and conditioning that way, it gets a little overwhelming. There's so many exercises and options out there. How do we create an organized, an organized plan? So there will be a template for you to have as a base layer, and then you can go and be your creative selves to build off of that. Um, additionally, we'll talk about successful and structured warm-ups, circuits, recovery ideas, all with limited equipment. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes in the dance studio setting, we don't have an entire gym. Nope. As much as that is exciting, uh, we're not going to go spend our entire year's budget on gym fitness equipment. So we'll talk about creative discussions and strategies of how can we do certain exercises with body weight, or can we use things we might already have in the studio for these exercises instead of needing to go buy enormous amounts of fitness equipment. If you do have fitness equipment in your studio, that's great. If not, we'll have new ideas for you. And overall, that's just how to progress these different exercises so you have a plan moving forward in your classes. Yeah, and I love that because again, we're kind of like cutting those boundaries. Yes, making it accessible. 
So mine is called Inside the Dancer's Body, Anatomy Education for Dance Artists. So as I spoke about in my main experience from undergrad, taking my first dance kinesiology class, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, you know, if I would have learned at least something from a young dancer, a young ballet dancer, like, wow, my life would have drastically, drastically changed and my dance technique would have improved. So that's kind of where the purpose of my workshop comes from is it's all about how to blend anatomy into your teaching from a young age. And I like to say that even five minutes of a lesson using zero equipment, yeah, so nothing, you have to spend zero money can go such a long way in your dancer's technique. If this is made a priority in your pedagogy, your dancers will experience both short and long-term benefits. And again, this is enhancing their technique short-term and long-term and just them as human beings. Now, one at a time, we're gonna talk about who our workshop is for. Ginger is going to go first. Okay, can we pause for one second? All right, so um, this workshop is really meant for dance educators, new or experienced. You can be anywhere on that spectrum. If you just graduated, come on down. Um, but we're really looking for people who are interested in their students' well-being. So you're really focused on their wellness, on you know them attaining new skills, just like being really there for your students, um, helping them grow not just as a dancer but as a person. So we're looking at you know their holistic growth. Um, yeah, and again, just really that you're there for your students. It's not about ego. That's what I have to say on that matter. Love that. <laughs> Lisa is next. Okay. Um, committed to student success. So if you're a teacher that is looking not just for like what you want to produce by the end of the year, but have an idea of what you want your own dancers to experience by the end of the year, what are their own goals? This is definitely something to look into um, for you. Because um, all of my students kind of have their own agendas and sometimes with that understanding, it helps me even do my curriculum planning so that I can help meet their needs and also attain the goal at the end of the year that I have for my studio. Um, and a person that's just eager to learn. So if you're the teacher that's always like, I want to buy this new book. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that um, this new method came out and this works so much better for my students. Like this is definitely a place for you to go. I know for sure that if this existed when I first started teaching, this would have helped me out so much with my first couple of years. So um, if you're that person that always wants to keep going to workshops and always learn and have a place to discuss things with different educators, this is definitely the workshop for you. Yep, and next we have Megan. Definitely, if you are a person who identifies as someone who wants to keep growing constantly with new education and skills, if you're growth-oriented, this is for you. Our goal here is to help you with that continuing education. We talk about CEC's continuing education a lot in fitness. And currently in the dance world, there are a lot of different certifications and continuing education options out there. This workshop is just another element so that you can continue to dive deep into new knowledge, gain new skills, and learn how to apply that to your students. And then also see that growth and development and progression in your students. So not only are you personally developing yourself, but you're helping the development and overall education of your students. 
And then also, if you're passionate about the wellness of the student of your own students. So something that I want to make clear here is, you know, not everybody necessarily is a dance science professional like us, right? You know, not everybody is necessarily attending dance science conferences regularly like we are, right? So one of the ways I see this workshop is we're making it easy for you guys to know what the most important practices are in regards to wellness, mental health, physical training, conditioning, right? Like everything under the roof, we're making it as easy as possible for you guys. So that again, it's accessible. And for any dance style that you teach, you're going to benefit from this workshop. So last, each of us is going to explain where can people learn more about you and how can they access our amazing resources. So first, Ginger is going to tell us. All right, before I even get into just myself, um, if you want to learn more about our workshop, you can go to www.divergentpt.com slash pas de oh, And please, uh, you can look that up. I don't feel like spelling everything, but divergentpt, D-I-V-E-R-G-E-N-T.com, pas de Yeah. Uh, spelled with an S. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where you can find out more information about this workshop. Um, myself, that is uh, my website, www.divergentpt.com. Um, you can email me at ginger at divergentpt.com, divergentpt.com, um, and or you can follow me on social media. Um, I have a Facebook group that is meant for dance educators. It's wellness tips for dance teachers. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram at um, Modern Dance PT. Awesome, Lisa. Yep. Um, the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. My at is lisa.podner. Um, I have a website on my link tree that's linked directly there. Um, my email is lisa.podner at gmail.com if you have any other questions. And I also have a Facebook group linked to my Instagram. So same name and everything. Awesome. Megan? I'm also similar. My easiest way to be contacted is through Instagram and it's at megan.drabant. And on there, I also have a link tree with resources and additional ways to contact me. I additionally have a Facebook page that shares lots of fun information of where I'm currently teaching and how to connect with me further for virtual training or in-person training. Yep. And then for me, you guys, you guys just might know that I'm the most active on Instagram and my Instagram handle is the dot dance scientist. And then uh, obviously I also have a podcast and some other things going on like my blog. So one thing I want to note before we wrap up today is that I will be listing all of the workshop information directly on my website page under my podcast link. So you will see all of the professionals who are involved in the workshop that we were discussing today. And you'll also see their personal information. So if you want to follow any of them and if you want to maybe give them a little like or give them some love. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the Dance Science Podcast. Keep in mind that if you're looking to learn more about our upcoming workshop, please, please, please click the link that will be directly on my podcast page right on my website. That's 
our website page that we designed specifically for our work upcoming workshop. And so that's really the easiest way for you to access all of the details and all of the information. So we tried to lay it out for you nice and clearly. But of course, if you guys have any further questions, please reach out to one of us. Again, thank you for being here with me today. If you really enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to leave a review. You can also comment and you can also send me a direct message right on Instagram. Thank you for being here with me today. And I look forward to speaking with you guys in my next episode.